Good morning, everyone. We are live on the Falcons podcast. It is Wednesday morning at just after 9.05 a.m. My name is Scott Kennedy. I will be your host. I'm Atlanta. This guy over here, that's Nick Kendall. He is in Seattle. So we're coast to coast with your Falcons coverage this morning. All kinds of different regional biases and all kinds of stuff going on. A <laughs> uh, couple days, you know, under the belt a little bit. I'm not sure that Falcons country has really gotten over the back-to-back losses yet the things that have made them mad I think they're still pretty mad about until we get another game but how are you doing Nick what's going on I am doing pretty well I'm uh excited for everything ahead um a little bit uh sad probably my last uh backpacking trip done until 2025 probably nothing none of my cards next year with the uh, new one on the way which is the right move um <laughs> but uh and I mean I should be more thankful because I, I backpacked I think six times this past year so I, I did get out there uh so um it's it's good but i'm well i'm excited for uh october it's going to be a blast um some more fun things still happening and uh, then really just digging into more football in the draft so it's it's time yeah you should probably take a little care of yourself i was eight months i was my wife was eight months pregnant when i went over the handlebars on my bicycle landed on my head and scarred up my face pretty good and i was like when she came in the door i'm like it's not as bad as it looks i'm actually fine <laughs> okay she's like what'd you do uh i'm okay just just a little little scrape of the face but i've told you that story before that was the same one i've said where you know, you're getting over the mental hurdles of injury. The next time I walked up to my bike, my, my knees buckled and I got lightheaded. Like your body, mm -hmm. your brain's telling you, hey, dumbass, what are you doing? Yeah. So we talk about, you know, sometimes the mental hurdles of getting over severe injuries because that wasn't a severe injury. And my brain was still telling me, hey, pay attention, dumb dumb. This isn't working. Lots of folks paying attention to us this morning. I want to say hey to some folks coming in. Uh, we do this live so we can be here with the chat and do things with y'all. The interactive is what makes us fun. So John Harrell says, good morning, sir. Uh, I say good morning, sir. He says, good morning, guys. And uh, he asked a question, Nick. He says, do you think Arthur Smith is too stubborn to admit he was wrong about Ritter being the guy? I think it's too early to say for sure that Ritter is not the guy. It's trending that way. Uh, but he's still a young player. And that was a that was an odd situation game, right? I think that Jackson might find a London uh, the Jags have, going into that game, I think had the number one run defense in the NFL in terms of EPA per play. Uh, it was a tough situation. So there's still going to be some more games left for him. But, I mean, what you cannot have is three turnovers. You know, the fumble and the two interceptions. Like, Ritter's probably never going to be a super-duper dynamic quarterback, playmaker. I mean, you can already probably knew that coming out of college. Uh, but see that now. I think we can say that. He might be a quality starter still, but in this offense for how it's set up, you cannot turn the ball over three times. So too stubborn to admit he was wrong. I think it's too early to write the book. It's definitely that the, trending that, that the way. Packers win where they dropped two of them without the lions loss. I can't remember. It was, it, a, Packers it was a Packers win Packers. where the, you know, some of the numbers were overshadowed by just two thunk thunks just right. You know, should have been surefire interceptions and weren't. But yeah. We, we've talked about that from the beginning that can't happen. Yeah. Um, it's just he's got to take care of the ball. Game manager is okay if your team is good enough. Mm -hmm. um, but my 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 answer on this one, John, is kind of what I always said when when I was in recruiting. I was trying to predict the future. We're talking about these guys as prospects, and you'd have three people out here saying, just echoing in an echo chamber, saying, "I love this guy. I love this guy. I love this guy." And then maybe I'd say, "Well, you know, I don't," and this is why. And then someone else would say, oh, he looked really good. And then say, well, Scott's just too stubborn to admit when he was wrong. And I'm like, let me be wrong first. Let me at least be wrong. And then I will tell you I was wrong. But we're predicting the future right now. We're still in the in the in the process of trying to predict the yeah. future of finding out what Desmond Ritter is going to become. I don't think he's wrong yet about him being the guy. Um the early returns this season have not been good. The early returns last season were solid. He's he's regressed as the pressure of being the number one with a team that's supposed to go to the playoffs is on the line. He has regressed, no doubt about it. The question is, is how long will you stick through that? The, the schedule, in theory, is weak enough that you could hover around 500 while he gets 10 to 12 games under his belt. But all of a sudden, the schedule starts looking a little tougher. You know, this this Houston Texans game, we penciled, we wrote that one in pen as mm -hmm. a win at the beginning of the season. Not, I, I'm not right now. If I'm, no. if I don't know 
anything about these two teams from the past three seasons, and I just look at the last four weeks, Houston's going to win this game. Yeah, they're hot. CJ Stroud's playing good football. Uh, so, I mean, Scott, you know me. I'm pretty conservative with the uh, watching and evaluating these guys. If Ritter had been playing great, I'd still be like, okay, well, I still want to see more before I'm dubbing him the guy. He has not looked good, uh, specifically the last two weeks. Still not all the way out on him. I want to see a broader sample size. Uh, so the real thing is the pressure, I believe, is truly there for Arthur Smith to get the, to the playoffs this season. And if Ritter is an outright detriment, what is the leash until they would potentially go until Taylor Heineke? Because it's not like they have to be, you know, all in on Ritter. This is a team. It's about making the playoffs this year. Yep. Would they make that change? I mean, if you have more games that look like that Jacksonville game again, three turnovers is you, you cannot have that. Uh, I, you could make that move because Heineke is going to have some turnover worthy plays. I guess to use the uh, PFF stat there, when you're talking about Ritter's drops, it's the turnover worthy plays. Uh, but, He's also going to try things, and you're going to get some explosives down the field because of that. Uh, not a long-term starter quality guy, but with a good roster and an easy schedule, maybe you'll have a little bit more explosives and have a more potent uh, offense with that than what we've seen from Ritter so far. Yeah, and you've got him under contract next year, so maybe you spend him mm -hmm. for a, a seventh rounder or something if he ends up playing well for you. Um we, we will get into, as we finish saying our, our hellos, the, the big topic yesterday, it was trending yesterday, was I, one of the good morning football shows on ESPN, I think it was, started talking about Justin Fields and his availability. And I don't know, I posted this with the title and someone came in and said, you know, just stop it. I'm like, well, why? Why, why would I not? Why would we not talk about this? Um, if you think it's because Justin Fields isn't worth a damn, okay, I understand that. I disagree. I think he's been in a bad situation. Has he lived up to it? No. I think he's still a viable option too. Not in the during the season. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's a very viable option in the offseason. We'll get into that as we, we say our lows. Uh, good morning, Nick and Scott on the Falcons podcast. Alan says, good morning. Denver Luke is in here with us as well. 100 Realists, good to see you. And it must be getting close to October, you know, because uh, Denver says it's getting spooky this month. Uh, mm -hmm. The chat is opening up on face Facebook, and some folks are starting to come in. Falcons 2230 is in on his, uh, looks like King Kong versus Godzilla picture there. Anthony Evans was our first to say hello on Facebook. Appreciate you coming in. Good Dom morning. is here as well. Good morning, Scott. Uh, Dog Nation, there's a lot of y'all in here too. Broncos country. And then Hunter Realist says, if a trace does happen for for Fields, I don't think it will happen. What do you think we send for him? Again, I would think that would be an off-season move. We can get into more of this. I don't think you're getting a first-rounder for him anymore. No. I mean, especially because they're dealing with a arm behind their back, right? Like, it's obvious that they're moving on from him. Uh, so you're probably talking a day-two pick. Maybe it's a round-two, but it could be like, you know, a three-plus-a 2025 pick that is conditional. I, I love those conditional picks. I'd work them in all the time. But like if he starts a certain amount of games or you make the playoffs with them, maybe it goes from a four to another three. So like two thirds. Uh, but the move that I would consider would be post Jets, Sam Darnold to the uh, the Panthers. What they give up? I think a second. Yeah, that's probably what you're looking at here. They gave uh, up for the two. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was thinking a two or a three. In, in essence, you're in a similar situation to Jeffrey Akuda. Akuda was a third overall pick. Um, Fields was a little lower, but he's a quarterback. Quarterbacks still get a little extra bump. Mm -hmm. um, played a lot more. I don't know if he's played any better than Akuda did. It shows some flashes. Akuda had some injuries. But as soon as you get him, if you were to acquire him, you would decide if you wanted to pick up his fifth-year option or not. But you don't have to. You could take a gamble like the Falcons or the Caleb McGarry, like the Giants did with Daniel Jones. Boy, there are two bad examples right there, aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> and ended up re-signing him. No, I think I think McGarry's played uh, played well enough the last couple of uh, the last two weeks. Um, Brandon Swank says, "I don't think we we get another quarterback. If anything, we should try Taylor Heineke." Um, and and again, I, I don't think there's any chance in hell this happens midseason. Hmm. Uh, it would it would be this this would be an off season move that we would discuss. So yeah, the next the next man up for the Atlanta Falcons if they decide to make a change would absolutely be Taylor Heineke. You're not bringing in a quarterback midseason. Has that ever happened, Nick? I can't think of a time where you've 
a team that's hovering around 500 has playoff aspirations is traded for a quarterback midseason and put him in the game to bench a starter. Now you might do something in an emergency. Hey, we signed this guy and he had to play because of injuries. I can't think of a time where that's ever happened. It probably has because they've been playing a lot of football for a long time, but I, I can't remember that happening. So the discussion of making a move for Justin Fields this year so that he can start for the Falcons. Forget that. That's the one I will stop. If you say stop it, I will stop that one. Next year, I'm all, I'm all ears, man. I think it's a viable a viable opportunity because Justin Fields will be on the block. The, the damn Bears could have the first and second pick in this draft, and one of them is going to be a quarterback. Unless he looks like he did against the uh, the Broncos. I mean, we still have a lot of uh, games to play. It's possible. That just means but... a second becomes a first, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I think the odds are good because it's not just uh, Caleb Williams. It's Drake May as well. Mm -hmm. So the odds of them ending up with a one or two overall pick are high. And I think in that situation, right. you probably do move on. Uh, but I mean, I, unless Fields, you know, is they don't love May and Fields is throwing 300 yards a game and they're still losing because the defense is incompetent. I mean, there are pathways where this yeah. is not a guarantee. No. I would say that it's definitely trending that way Definitely. of course what, yeah. it's, it's, there are no guarantees nick obviously yeah. they yeah. could they could win five six games mm -hmm. uh and be out of the market for exactly. in that right now and all of a sudden okay we, we need justin fields again for another season but if they end up with a first or second pick um well of their own <laughs> if they end up with a first or second pick on their own because of their record fields is toast mm -hmm. uh if they toast. play well enough and the panthers give them yeah, yeah. Now if they, yeah. they end up nine and eight, yeah. and Fields is playing really well, but if they end up with a first round pick of their own and they lose games like they did this week, unfortunately for Justin Fields, he's not going to get to play against the Broncos' pass defense every week. God no, or the run defense, <laughs> just terrible. And again, we're like right in fantasy at this point. It's the, things are trending that way. I think I based on, oh god, I cannot remember the uh, ESPN's FPI uh, the. Bears chances of earning the first overall pick. I think right now we're set at 50% because wow, I, would have, I would have said like 33 and like the next highest was 10 or something like well, three times higher than the next other team. It's because it's the combination of the Panthers and the bears pick together. Wow, uh, I do that. So, I could have even money on that. I'd take even money on that. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's not a bad, even money bet that those teams could end up two and three. Mm-hmm. Somebody could be worse. Could three be four, three and five. Yep. So, Interesting. Well, but yes, it is absolutely trending that way. And then the thing yeah. is, is about the bears is they're so dysfunctional that you yeah. have a hard time picturing them, get it all together and moving forward. So Caleb Williams, Drake may, I'm going to say Caleb Williams at this point. Most people are mm -hmm. Justin Fields is available, available for what depends on how he plays down the line, second or third, Pick up his, you get his contract for the fourth year. You have an option for the fifth year. And then we can discuss in a little bit once we say some of our hellos, like Leon Mapstone coming in on, on Facebook about Justin Fields, a player, you know, uh, you know, would you want him? There's a lot of people that would say, hell no, especially a lot of that dog nation crew that's down here that had him <laughs> leave the university of Georgia uh, and left a sour taste in their mouth down here. Um, I think most would still embrace. We'll get into that though. Good morning, Leon. Chris Walker says, good morning, Scott and Nick and everyone else. That's all y'all. Kevin Fitzpatrick, good morning all. Welcome back, Nick. Uh, and Nate agrees um, with Brandon. He says, uh, but he followed up his mistake. And it's, it's now you got me doubting myself. It's Taylor Heineke, not, not Tyler Heineke. Taylor. <laughs> you guys got me with Grayson kid. Uh, I agree. I mentioned what uh, he can bring to the offense. Rusty Moore, he says, if we go into 2024 with a QB not named Ritter, that's four different QBs in four years. Is that considered quarterback hell? Yes, it is. Uh, that's that's not hell. There's another word for that. It's purgatory. You're in yeah. quarterback purgatory. <laughs> that's that's the one you go for here. You know, it's everything is milk toast and uh, welcome. A lot of teams are there. Yeah, it's one of those things when we when I first joined the show, Scott, we talked about it like. You know, Matt Ryan, he's definitely regressing. He's not the guy anymore. You had a pretty damn good run with a quarterback. Be prepared for what could come next because it could be bumpy. It is time to move on from Matt Ryan. That was, I mean, the hell, you got a third for him. That was unbelievable because he was a shell of himself uh, at that point. But the run you had was pretty darn good. And that's that's no guarantee. Um, Which is why when you had a shot at Justin Fields, um, you know, you can say Mac Jones, Mac Jones, I thought was a trade down candidate. Okay. I was always team trade down. 
for that Kyle Pitts pick. Mm-hmm. Would have been nice to be in that third spot and be able to trade three number ones. But I was always team trade down. I said I would have probably even taken the deal that the Giants it was the Giants, I think, that got from the Bears. Didn't the Giants trade out of that spot? The Bears traded up into it. It was a, it was a first it that was year. Giants. It was their first that year, and then the first the next year. I'm like, I may have taken that deal to come out of the four spot just to get an extra first-round pick as desperately as this team needed it. And as good as that draft was at the top, maybe come back into it or whatnot. Um, but it's hard. It's hard. How many franchise quarterbacks has this Atlanta Falcons team had in its history? Two? One? Well, I mean, Vic and... Yeah, but and then what happens? And then, and then you go into the, uh, this is why we can't have nice things moment. You had a nice run with Steve Barkowski was, was, I would put him in that in my lifetime, Chris Miller had a decent run. Chris Chandler had a decent run. Bobby Hebert was here, um, had, had some decent times. Jeff George was, you know, was that a long-term guy? Not with that attitude. Mike Vick could have been, should have been, Mm -hmm. um, but his time was cut short too. Chris Chandler had a good run. But as far as this is your guy that you know you're going to have for 10 plus years, one, it's hard. Yeah. So, it really is. Anyway, <laughs> Anthony says Ritter needs time to develop. Yes, he does. And Trance, he's ready to throw in the towel now. Trance Duna says, sorry, Ritter's not the guy. And I hate saying that. Um, Edward says, and Edward gets into the point about fields, which let, let's, let's dive into this one now. Um, cause Alex says, you know, I think we should trade for Justin Fields. And Edward says, I think it's just a lateral move. Basically saying Fields stinks. Why would you want to move for Justin Fields? Edward, I, I see, I'll, go first, Nick. I'll let you, I've talked too much already. I mean, Fields has incredible tools and you see the flashes and there's still reason to hope for that. Now at this point, him becoming an elite franchise quarterback, is probably not super probable just based on the data and the sample size and precedent of guys with that many throws and snaps uh, of turning a switch. But, I mean, you still see the the reasons to hope against the against the Broncos last week. He's still exceedingly young as well, and uh, you can get him for a discount. So that's, I think, all reasons that you'd maybe take a chance at Fields, and it's expensive uh, to go get a quarterback. I mean, would you rather trade a two this upcoming year to go get fields or would you rather trade three first round picks potentially to go get, you know, JJ McCarthy picking at like five overall or, you know, the third quarterback in this class. Uh, Good luck getting up to number two, unless you're, you know, picking in the top 10, then you might be able to do that. Uh, But I think that's the reason that uh, fields is intriguing. And I would say that even though he hasn't looked great, uh, you can pin a lot of it on the dysfunction of the bears and Ritter on the other hand is in a situation Theoretically, you know, surrounded by three top 10 picks, a pretty good offensive line and still not looking very good. So I don't believe it's a it would be a unilateral move. Uh, You're taking a lottery ticket here for relatively cheap because of how expensive it is to go get that quarterback. Uh, But uh, it's something I think that you'd at least be interested in and potentially salvaging uh, fields in this system, in this situation. I think. Absolutely. It, the, the the long and the short of it is it's it's a lower risk move for a high reward. Um, you know, what are the odds that you can come in? You see, I, I still see the ability that made him a first round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's guys that are out there that are first round picks. And pretty quickly you say, how was that guy ever a first round pick? His arm's not good enough. Mm-hmm. He's statuesque in the pocket, all, whatever, all those things. I still see the tools of a first round quarterback in there. And so I question how much of this is the dysfunction as, as, as Nick said, the dysfunction of the Chicago bears, a lot of Chicago bears fans will say they don't blame Justin Fields at all. You know, and there's, it's never one or the other. There's always both in there, but I start looking at, you know, Ryan Tannehill. I'm trying to think of guys whose career was resurrected once they moved on, who looked like bus, so to speak, Ryan Tannehill, was a eighth overall pick of the Miami Dolphins in 2012. Um, touchdown interception ratio is one of my f- favorite things to look at. Rookie year, 12 to 13, 24 to 17, 27 to 12, 24 to 12. So not bad. Those were his first four years. Overall quarterback rating, um, where was his rating? That's his rating, 76, 81, 92, 88. Then his first two years with Arthur Smith, um, 
and the the Tennessee Titans. It, it balloons up to 117 and 106, and he's taking some of his rushing ability to go with it. And he's been considered pretty much a plus quarterback ever since then, which he's been in Tennessee for a while now. Is that worth a second round pick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. You're not locked into Justin Fields. It doesn't work. So be it. It's a, it, like I said, it's the same deal with Jeff Okuda. If I could get the number three pick for a fifth rounder and they're kicking me money and he ends up playing anywhere near that level, man, that's a low risk, high reward type of move. It doesn't lock yeah. me into Justin Fields. I'm not married to Justin Fields because I used the number one on him. And frankly, Nick, if the 49ers can dump Trey Lance that fast, you're not married to anybody for anything at any time anymore. We thought what they did, what the Cardinals did with um, California kid UCLA, Josh Rosen was quick and ballsy. How about the 49ers? How about the 49ers with three first round picks and within three years they're, they're moving on from a guy. Pretty incredible. Uh, pretty darn insane. That, that Yeah. I I'm surprised they did that because Brock Purdy, you know, talk about turnover worthy plays. He's won a lot of football games, but just curious to see how sustainable it is, but it keeps winning. I don't know. Uh, it's a low risk move and it's as much of a scratcher as was taking a shot on Desmond Ritter in the third, right? If not even a little bit higher uh, odds, on that given the college pedigree. So I don't think it's a bad move by any means. Uh, if you, if you get to that path and take a shot there, there's going to be other options as well. I mean, it's going to be a deep quarterback class. We're gonna have a chance to talk about a lot of those guys, maybe something a little bit more sustainable, not sustainable, but uh, a sure thing. Like I know everybody will roll their, roll their eyes at this, uh, but uh, maybe Kirk cousins becomes available. I mean, Kirk cousins, isn't the problem in Minnesota uh, at all. The defense is, dreadful out there in Minnesota and you plug him in here. I mean, even though he's not an athlete per se, he can distribute the football. And when you have a good offensive line and weapons on the outside, that can be enough. I mean, how fresh is that uh, lions game with Jared Goff? You could Jared Goff this situation here in Atlanta. And that's probably a pretty damn good offense. It's capped, but so are the lions with Goff. Uh, he's a, so he's a poor man's Drew Brees. I would yeah. think would be a decent way to describe cousins. Drew Brees is a hall of famer. I don't think Kurt cousins is ever going to be. No. But he's, I mean, you, but a good you, quarterback. And it depends on what the contract is, of course. I'm not paying what he got when he originally got to Minnesota. Uh, but this is, you know, contract number three, I believe, at that point. So, you know, there, there's going to be options out there if Ritter continues to look this inadequate, I think is the word we'll use. And we got not inadequate. We got Nando Barrington coming in here, rocking his Atlanta Braves hat, says, Good morning, fellas. Good morning to you, Nando. Hope you're doing well over on the Facebook side of things. Keith Johnson also over on YouTube saying, good morning, guys. I thought we'd be two and two at this point. I just didn't think our offense would look this bad. At the end of the day, it's about the results in the field. And two and two is you, you have the whole season in front of you still. So uh, we'll see if uh, Ritter can look better. The defense has looked better than we thought out of the gate. The offense has looked worse. The end result is still two and two. It's un the one thing that is unfortunate about it is it's easier to turn the defense around uh, than it is to you stumble on the answer at quarterback. So, uh, Good luck, I guess. That's uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, the results are there. You're just hoping that despite the offense, you're two and two. We thought we'd be two and two at this point of the season. Also, also, mm -hmm. um, Nick and I did with the we're four and zero oh in our preseason predictions right now. Two and oh, one and one, one and oh, two and oh, two and one, two and two. Now the rubber hits the road, dude. Because we mm -hmm. had three and two coming in. This Houston Texans game, it's not a must win. But it's to me, it's it's a bigger litmus test for where the season is going to go than the first four games of the season. I mean, assuming they didn't go wildly different. This one is where I've got to change. Where okay, this was a definite win in July. Now it's a t it's it's a pick'em to me. This is absolutely a pick'em. Yeah. Um, it's tough. Appreciate you coming in, Keith and CJ Stroud. For me, the biggest difference is why wouldn't you give up on Desmond Ritter? Because I see the tools. I do. I see. I see the arm. He's got plenty of NFL arm. I don't know where that came from. He can make the throws. Oh my God, is he in his head right now? That mm -hmm. is, and that, that scares me a little bit, a lot actually. Yeah. Cause he is so uncomfortable in the pocket, passing the ball, throwing the ball right now. Can you work your way out of that? Or is that something that's never going to come? You watch the difference between CJ Stroud stepping up, buying time like a veteran in the pocket moving around and then releasing the ball quickly right now. If there is pressure anywhere near Desmond Ritter, it is a negative play and that is unsustainable, Nick. 
Yeah, I mean, the benefit of having, in theory, an athletic quarterback is that they can, you know, make a positive or a, even a net zero in those negative situations. And right now, he's, you know, looking at, it's almost like he's looking at Medusa, right? Freezing, turning into stone uh, in the pocket, kind of freaking out a bit and uh, going down, having issues escaping. So he's in his head right now. He's not confident. And I got to imagine at some point coming up here, I mean, I think Desmond Ritter seems like a good, really good guy as well, but these pass catchers probably are going to start getting pretty frustrated too. I mean, just looking at the stat line, uh, you got guys like, of course, your big time picks in uh, Drake London, three receptions and seven targets, 28 yards, Kyle Pitts, two receptions on four targets. I mean, these are guys who their tape is their resume. And right now the quarterback play is eating into their future potential earnings. Uh, and that's, that's going to matter. So I'm going to be curious to see if, uh, if Ritter continues to struggle like this, if there is start to be a little bit of groundswell for a change. Uh, I, I think there has to be. And for a reason you mentioned, and I was going to make a point and thankfully Gabriel reminded me of, he says, what about the veterans? You're not, you're not, you can't just ride one guy into the ground. You owe it to the rest of the team. You owe it to mm -hmm. Calais Campbell. You owe it to Grady. Gabriel says, what about Grady? What about Calais? What about Jesse Bates? What about AJ Terrell? We made some money on them waiting time for Ritter to develop. And that's if the losses start piling up, you, you've, you're going to have to make a change if, if you think the problem is. Now, if it was a Justin Fields-like loss, obviously Justin Fields last week wasn't the problem in the loss of the Denver Broncos. I put that one square at the feet of the, the Chicago Bears coaching staff. Um, you know, he threw for four touchdowns and 300 yards, both firsts in his career, by the way, Nick. Mm -hmm. um, but Arthur Smith owes it to the team to not – sabotage the rest of the season he owes it to the fans he owes it to arthur blank so he can't he will reevaluate but with the hand that he is dealt right now they're two and two they go three and two you're still there is ritter getting better or is ritter holding you back i th it's four games is too early for me nick i'm not gonna say one way or the other right now i don't like what i see mm -hmm. but i'm not punting so to speak just yet in favor of taylor heineke i tell you what though if there was a first-round draft pick waiting in the wings right now, just like last year with a third-round guy, you remember all the calls for Desmond Ritter last year with Marcus Mariota? Oh, my God. If it was anybody other than a, a journeyman-type veteran with Taylor Heineke, if there was a younger guy there right now, this place would be on fire with calling for, for Ritter's head right now. Yep. And, I mean, it's frustrating that those veterans are not getting it. Uh, you're not maximizing their time here in Atlanta. Uh, that said, that's true for, you know, many teams. It's a tale as old as time uh, when you don't have the guy at quarterback or you're, you know, meandering the waiting uh, to see if somebody is the guy. So, and a lot of those guys wouldn't be here if you didn't have Ritter, right? If you went out there and spent on a Kirk Cousins-esque quarterback, those two of those contracts are gone because you can't uh, pay those guys when you're paying a quarterback as well. So it's always the fine balance here. And it does, it is frustrating that you feel like you have a defense. The defense is finally good enough. You've spent on the infrastructure on the offense, and that quarterback is just not getting it done. I mean, it really feels like, to me, although it doesn't feel like there's as much a uh, – what's the word I want to use? I guess I'll just use support, but it kind of almost feels like how the Broncos felt when they had Drew Locke, and he's, like, throwing turnovers left and right, and it's like, okay, you got good defense still. You got some weapons here. Quarterback is just shooting yourself in the foot over and over again. You can't live with it. Um, there doesn't seem to be as much, you know, religious fervor <laughs> for support for Ritter, I guess, though, in here. But it's frustrating, and uh, he's going to have probably another two weeks before you make that move. And the next three games, Scott, are, you know, interesting, uh, without a doubt. Texans look really feisty. Um, I wouldn't crowd C.J. Stroud just yet, but he's looked unbelievable through four games. D'Amico Ryan's doing a good job. That commander's defense is uh, pretty good. That should be a fun game against Sam Howell, two of those quarterbacks in that 2022 class. And then you got... The Buccaneers, uh, who are playing really good football. Baker Mayfield looks like a competent quarterback out there at Tampa. So those next three games, I mean, I don't know if Ritter will make it through all three. Uh, we're going to have to take it game by game with him. Right. You're, the schedule where you're thinking this looks easy, because I had mentioned we're 4-0 so far, but then I had 3-2, and two, then I had 4-2, and two, then I had 4-3. and three. The Commanders game's no gimme right now either. Sam Howell and the Commanders are playing much better we expected. I don't remember. Someone had a, a quote earlier. I think it was 101 on YouTube said, uh, you know, we're, we're judging the schedule based on preseason, but these teams improve. The schedule has. It's gotten harder than what was expected without a doubt. Uh, Lance says at least fields would generate enthusiasm being from the state of Georgia. His ability to create out of structure would be good for this offense, too. 
Yes, it would. Uh, would give our big receivers more time to separate. And frankly, he's a much, much bigger run threat on the the RPOs and the read option out of, of the backfield. As far as generate enthusiasm from the state of Georgia, that would have been a reason to tip the scales a little bit in 2021. I don't think it holds any sway now. Um, mm-hmm. The Dome's sold out. You know, the, the Benz is sold out every year. Things are pretty exciting. You win. They're, the, the Falcons fans are ready. Now you just got to put up W's, man. It's not about really they're they're excited for Bijan, they're excited for Drake London, they're excited for Grady. Uh, they're excited for the Atlanta Falcons. They're getting pissed off because of Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter. Um, so I, I don't think that would have been something when you're in the midst of a rebuild, when you knew you had two long years ahead of you in 2021 and 2022, with a light shining as a possible end of the tunnel in 2023. Um, but the Kennesaw, Georgia thing isn't uh isn't a factor for me. And Ryan's ready to, to, to scrap the whole thing. <laughs> he says, I think Arthur Smith's offense has expired and defenses are all over it. Watch the 49ers. That's how you run an offense. If we only had Kyle Shanahan in the Falcons building. What do you, what do you think, Nick? Everybody wants a little bit of that uh, Mike Shanahan trickle-down uh, magic. Um, it's across the league, and I guess it's certainly possible for the next one. If you're liking that Kyle Shanahan offense so much, Maybe Arthur Smith gets fired and you get a preview of what it could be next year uh, because Bobby Slowick is doing a pretty darn good job as the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans right now and with how much people want and demand that uh, Kyle Shanahan-esque magic. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one and done there an offensive coordinator and getting a shot next year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if it's the offense is expired because you have I see guys open. It's just Ritter is not trusting his ability to throw guys open uh, when that's happening. And I'm not seeing just confidence in there. I mean, I, th- I shared a clip with you the other day, and it's not fair to compare Ritter to this, but throwing guys open and trusting your arm and just the the design of the offense, uh, Matt Stafford, if you go back and watch some of the All-22 that he did, um, I know it's unbelievable. Matt Stafford's but, one of the best arms I ever saw, man. But it's it like, really it's, it's, but it really shows the difference between the quarterback and, because there are, you know, five, seven guys that are, you know, that, caliber not that caliber throw all the time but you know that kind of guy uh that are throwing guys open that you can see the scheme and they are maximizing it Ritter to me right now is very much a, this guy has to be freaking obvious open if I'm going to make that play uh he's not confident and when he's still playing that conservative he's turning the ball over which is just you cannot you can't have both you can either have the conservative guy who's not turning the ball over or the aggressive guy that you're living with the turnovers because they're creating explosive plays. Well, not let, me, let me come back on this. And and part of this, though, Ryan, for me, is also the quarterback mismanagement in Arthur Smith's offense. I mean, mm. you've got an aging Matt Ryan. Is that the fit? It was okay. Last year, they finished top 10 in scoring with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. And this year, you're Desmond Ritter. You know, part of it for me on this offense is – and I would give the coach a pass if he wasn't so involved in the personnel decisions. So I can't, you know, yeah. if, if you're going to be helping to, to go shopping for the groceries, then I got to blame that guy too. And not just, not just the cook. Normally I'm all about the personnel, but Arthur Smith is involved in personnel. The quarterback play has been substandard. And frankly, the quarterbacks have been substandard. You've got a 36 year old Matt Ryan, not exactly peak. He played pretty well, actually. Marcus Marietta and, and Desmond Ritter. So I don't know what Arthur Smith's offense really can be, to be honest with you, because the trigger man has been subpar. Now, you could turn around and say, well, that's because the coach stinks. Okay, well, I, I disagree on that. I think the I think the personnel have not been up to snuff. So it's really tough for me to tell for sure. Um, had another point I was going to make, but I have to come back to it. Uh, so that's okay. Um yeah, and Chris mentioned the same guys I did for the most part as far as quarterbacks. And, you know, the, the only one – how long was Bart there if someone wants to look it up for me? It, it, I don't, he may have gotten 10 years. He was there a while. Um, but otherwise, I think the only 10-year guy there is is Matt Ryan as far as uh, franchise quarterbacks go. Um, let me scroll down here a little bit because I saw – oh, this is this was a sec- the, uh, another part of the point I was making as far as owing it to – the uh the players to win now and jordan comes in good to see you jordan this is a problem i have is we signed a bunch of players to one-year deals that's not the time to be using a season to develop a quarterback 
Smith put his stamp on Ritter by giving him a starting job with no preseason and by not playing him last year sooner. Mm -hmm. You're saying I can have this guy ready to go for this year. I agree 100%. Last year was a lost season. I don't care. You know, we want to build culture. We want to do this fine. But seven and 10, five and 12, what, what, what difference is it was going to make? You know, maybe I'm able to get uh, a little higher and miss on Tyree Wilson at edge instead of getting Bijan Robinson. <laughs> or maybe you trade up and get Anthony Richardson or something like that, who's or CJ Stroud. I mean, Lord knows, you know, it's this, what is it, Sliding Doors, that movie? Was, I mean, that was four, 12, and one that got the number four pick. Yep. I mean, things things can be different there. So, uh, man, how good do Stroud and CJ Anderson look? Or CJ uh, Stroud look? Um, Stroud and Richardson. That Pretty. was my point, Nick. That, yeah. That's what I was going to say. When I talk about the tools in Desmond Ritter, I say that I see a strong enough arm. But then as I as I start thinking about it, as you're talking about Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford had a, has one of the best phenomenal arms. arms. He's got one of the best arms I ever scouted. His ability yeah. to throw any angle with velocity, is it was just – he was special. You, you've, you know, I've been on that bandwagon for since you've known me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't actually know how Ritter throws the ball when he's not able to set his feet and drive. A lot of quarterbacks can have a good enough arm if they can do that, but how are they able to do it when they've got trash around them? How are they able to do it on the run? How are they able to do it if they have to get the ball quickly because pressure's in their face? He's awful in the face of pressure. So I, I can't tell if he can throw the ball off platform uh, because he doesn't get the ball away. Yeah, That's bad. Now, you said watch Matthew Stafford. Man, to hell with that. Watch C.J. Stroud. No one's talking about C.J. Stroud being a generational type of talent. There are questions about, you know, he, six months ago, he's we're talking, well, longer than that now. This time last year, I saw him mocked like number 19 overall. I watch him in that offense and how quickly he can get rid of the ball from different arm angles, his pocket presence. He is years ahead as a quarterback right now of Desmond Ritter. There, there's a guy that looks like a four-year veteran and there's a guy that looks like a wide-eyed rookie and they're wearing different and you'll get a, a huge contrast between the two of them. I'm hoping not Desmond Ritter better hope not. He needs to, he needs to play a lot more like the guy making his fifth start then he has played the last four games. That's for sure. Who, to be fair, it's only his ninth start, but still CJ Stroud is way ahead in that regard, Nick. Yeah. And just looking at, you know, Ritter's, uh, according to PFF, his under pressure statistics, not as bad as you might think. Uh, maybe it's just protecting the ball, but the completion percentage 47.1%, which is puts him at, you know, 18th out of uh, 29 quarterbacks with at least 40 dropbacks. So not incredible. One interception, one touchdown, uh, the NFL rating is also not terrible, but not good. It's also, his pressure to sack rate, his pressure to sack rate, it's got to be around DFL if they've got that. It is the third worst in the NFL. Uh, the there only, you go. The my only eyeballs, see to my my see to the pants. Analytics doesn't need the numbers to tell me that. I can see it. Yeah, it's his good to have a baseline. To sack now. rate is god awful. Yep. And the guy who is uh, the worst in the NFL, somebody you got coming up here. So uh, Sam Howell, I'm um, a little bit uh, poor in that regard, which. That must mean he must be getting sacked a lot when pressured because I remember him getting away from the Broncos, which was really frustrating. Um, Red Swarm coming in saying Drake May is that guy. Yeah, Drake May is. I almost feel bad for Drake May's publicity. I mean, I shouldn't feel too bad because he's about to be, you know, filthy rich. Uh, but uh, he, he'd he be getting so much more love and hype if it wasn't Caleb Williams, USC going on right now because Drake May is a phenomenal quarterback and he is one of those guys uh in this class i mean there are people that i really respect in the draft industry that are putting drake may and caleb williams in the trevor lawrence tier of prospect and they're saying you have two of them in this class we never see that obviously i think maybe it's a little bit ahead to put both of those guys in the trevor lawrence tier but we'll see i mean i'd put caleb williams there right now drake may is not too far behind maybe just a little bit behind though Maurice comes in. He says, we need a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over and can move the ball. Um, Mo, that's prerequisites. That, that's minimum. Like that, Every team should have that. If you can't do those two things, you shouldn't be in the league. <laughs> right now, you're not moving the ball and you're turning it over. Those are, those are strikes. Either one of those are strikes enough to have you out of the league. Mm -hmm. Having both of them, 
it makes this the 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 not for long league, my friend. Yeah, yeah, we will. We'll see if Ritter can do it. I mean, like like we let off the show. Cannot have the turnovers. You can be many things in this league in this offense uh, for this Falcons team, but if you're turning the ball over, directly responsible for three turnovers in a game you can't have it. You're not good enough to be that guy. You're not playing dynamic enough and creating enough big plays and hunting to be a turnover machine. Exactly. There's, there's not, not enough good with the bad. The, the hot, crazy scale is it's not hot enough and it's not crazy enough. It's way down here in the bottom left. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's, there's like, says, good morning, about- Scott and Nick, good morning to you as well. And and we've got a bunch of folks that have joined us here in the last 20 minutes or so as, as things have opened up a little bit. So just to, to recall the, Atlanta Falcons rumor mill Justin Fields to Atlanta in the title. Uh, There's a lot of talk yesterday about how much better this team would be with Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is likely going to be available from the Chicago Bears. Nick and I have pondered a second or third round pick is probably what it would cost to get Justin Fields in the offseason from the Bears. And it would be, in my opinion, a move worth making. Low risk, high reward. Um, Nick, you want to add anything like that? And then we can move on down a little bit. Uh, Bears are likely to get the number one or number two overall pick and take a quarterback. Uh, Falcons should be interested, uh, even though you don't have a lot of years of control. The real interesting thing will be that fifth-year option with him, given how much there are guarantees in that. Uh, But if Ritter is struggling and you're not in a position to draft a guy that you like in this class, then you shouldn't be afraid to do it. I mean, heck, if you want to throw resources at it, maybe use that second-round pick and then take somebody in the first and say, good luck. (laughs) We all... Snap the pool cue over your knee, Joker style, and go for it. But yeah, Fields is still tantalizing, and uh, he's going to get another few shots in the league because the talent is so obvious. And when it's good, it's beautiful. And you can say, that's what we're dreaming on. That's what we hope for. Daniel Mitchell says, I think the receivers are already frustrated. Have you seen uh, London on the bench by himself and Mac Hollins? And uh, I think y'all are, we're all, a lot of us are on the same wavelength here. It's kind of nice. There's not a lot of, I, I saw someone talk about the Denver Broncos fan base being toxic. I'm like, it's not toxic right now. They're pissed. Toxic to me is when y'all are going at each other because of wildly different viewpoints. I think everybody here is pretty much on the same page. We may disagree with varying levels of no, it's this more than this, but we're all on the same page. Ritter's playing like crap. The offense sucks. Arthur Smith should be held accountable. There, those three, we all agree on that. We did it. <laughs> so, the next question in here, it was almost the, the second in a row, but it was over on YouTube, was Makey Fumble says, what are we going to do with, with Kyle Pitts' unproductive Heine? And again, I, I mentioned this on Monday. I, I said it. I said, I'm, I'm getting just O.J. Howard feels from this guy. O.J. Howard was incredibly mm-hmm. gifted. 6'6", 250 pounds, mm-hmm. 4 five forty. He, he doesn't have the wingspan of Kyle Pitts, but and was always just an underachiever. Never quite. I'm going to be the guy to tap this into him. I'm going to be the guy. I've mentioned a zillion times, I didn't like the Kyle Pitts pick because your quarterback position was unsettled and your offensive line was a travesty in 2021. Whatever. The quarterback position is still unsettled. Do you move Kyle Pitts in the offseason for a, a high pick while you can? Or do you still have the question, oh, I can get more out of Kyle Pitts if I had better quarterback play. I'm still leaning to that part of it, Nick. I'm still leaning to Nick. Kyle Pitts can still be the dude, but the quarterback play is is the worst in the league right now. You'd have to go back and really pinpoint him and watch the All-22 to see what's going on there. Are they asking him to do things that he uh, shouldn't be doing so much? Is he actually should he be more of a true X receiver, You know, getting pure outside reps? I mean, that's a tough question. You're not going to be able to obviously salvage the value on that. I mean, field, right. Here's a good question for you, Scott, who would get more on an open market trade right now? Fields or pit, oh, uh, fields or pits pits. Pit, you think pits would, even though fields yeah, has I think the pits would still get a first round pick, even though you only have two years of control. Left? I think, I think pits would still get a first round pick. I don't think fields would go for a first round pick. If, if Trey Lance is going for a third rounder, that's my opening line. If, if you know, he was a, you gave up three first rounders for him. Uh, he was a higher draft pick. Mm-hmm. You know, they they both accomplished. He didn't play as much because of the injury. And if you're worried about that, that might be one thing. Okay, let me see a medical. But I, I think Kyle Pitts 
would still warrant a first round pick. I think it's a two right now, given his production and the lack of control that you'd have at a non-premium position uh, as well, which gives you a little bit more control with that franchise. Which tag, means the, the 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 cost control isn't as big a deal. If you if you pay him as a non-premium position, then the cost it, control isn't as big of a factor. It could become a headache though. Um, he has another production to you know be yeah. that, but I could see you know his agents but definitely. I, I firmly believe he would still warrant a, a first rounder out there. I don't think I don't think today, right now, I don't think Justin Fields would get a first. I think Kyle no. Pitts would. Yeah, I think Fields is more of a third, late second, and I think uh, Pitts probably a early second value, mid second, but. We'll see a lot of ball to go. Um, he's been underwhelming. Um, so is that? I think that's more so on the quarterback than Pitts himself. But there are there are opportunities out there uh, to be had. That you know, when you have those, he should know too. You have limited opportunities right now with the offense. You better maximize it. I mean, what happened in that Detroit game? Did we ever really hear about or figure out what that deep ball where it looked like he kind of let up? Did he tweak something? I mean, why not run that out? What's going on here? There's 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 going to be few opportunities, but you got to take advantage of them. The next day. Arthur Smith said Kyle Pitts is still working his way back to 100%. Okay. So, and, and had the discussion uh, online. It says, well, if he's not a hundred, if he's not hundred percent healthy, he shouldn't play Those are different things. That's what I tried, mm-hmm. tried to explain. You're not going to be 100% of your peak ability right away. I mean, think of it more like baseball. I'm healthy, but I need three weeks of swinging the bat before I'm really seeing the ball to think of it like that. Not as, you've got to get into game shape. You've got to get your timing. You've got to get all those kind of things down to be 100% of your peak ability, not 100% of your health. He can be hundred percent healthy without being hundred percent of who Kyle Pitts is going to be. Rusty Moore comes in with a super chat. Thank you, sir. Uh, the number one way to support the show and the things that we do are super chats and stars on Facebook. He says, not sure they will inquire about Justin Fields. That will make them look bad for passing right over him two years ago when you could have had him for free. Nick, what do you, what do you think about this? about not willing to come back on him after uh, after passing on, on him at four in the 2021 draft. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Uh, that's part of it. And you have a different evaluation now and you're in a different spot as an organization than you were then. Uh, the defense is built up pretty well. In theory, you have a good offensive infrastructure. You need to go get a quarterback and Fields is one of the possible options uh, for that. So I think they will, in the very least, inquire about him doesn't mean it's going to happen, but there, I think they'll probably inquire about a lot of guys. I mean, if Ritter keeps looking like this, you're looking this off season and fields is one of the multitude of names that are going to be combed over and debated. Yeah. And, and rusty uh, Nick and I share a brain on this. Like we do a lot of times, we just try and bring different perspectives to it. Um, I don't necessarily think that it'll make him look bad for passing on him. And I don't think they really care about that again, mm-hmm. lower cost. And when you say, Here's how I want to punctuate this point. It'll make them look bad for path when they could have had him for free. No, they couldn't have. There's opportunity costs there. They could have had him instead of Kyle Pitts. So right now let's ask the same question that Nick and I were just debating. Would you trade Kyle Pitts for Justin Fields? No, I would not. Hmm. I would not trade Kyle Pitts for Justin Fields. So therefore the price is still higher. Then I would have, I would have. Now, right now, I wouldn't. I think Kyle Pitts has more value than Justin Fields does right now. In 2021, I would have drafted Justin Fields. I wanted to trade down. Uh, I wanted to trade down. Or you so, wanted Penny. You wanted Penny Sewell. I wanted Penny Sewell was my next pick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a franchise left tackle. Caleb McGarry was a disaster. Put Penny at right tackle with Jake Matthews for a while, long term. That was my next pick. Uh, and then uh, trade down again was then my fourth pick. So one was trade down. Two was Justin Fields. Three Penny Sewell. Four was trade down. And in a redraft, Micah Parsons is probably going at two. Otherwise, you pick him or Pat Sertan at number four or uh, or Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. Yeah. yeah, or Jamar Chase in those spots. That's a hell of a discussion, though. Uh, Maybe that should be a show uh, we're, sometime. We're at 10 minutes left, and I feel like we're just getting started. Yeah, I, I have a question for you. Just a theory on uh, that one, just coming back to the, the value of these positions. If you were on the board there, totally starting a new team, and you had a chance at Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell, who are you taking? With this team or we're starting a brand just new team? I think Jamar hurt. Chase is better at his position than Penny Sewell is right now at his. Okay. From what I've seen. Um, if I had a choice between Jamar Chase or an all-pro left tackle, I'd take an all-pro left tackle. So that's what I was okay. – that, that's how I was doing that. Jamar Chase is is better 
so I, I, w- I would go that direction. Okay. Justin Fields versus Tristan Wirfs. I don't know how good I would or say not, ju- not Justin Fields, Justin, Justin Jefferson, excuse me. Uh, I don't know how good Tristan Wirfs is, honestly. Oh so God. if okay. he's that good, I'd, I'd still probably go with the, with the tackle. I mean, I, I grew up when the, the second highest paid guy in the NFL was the left tackle. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have the edge than the left tackle now. No, if you said, oh, yeah. you'd rather have the number one edge or the number one left tackle, I'd rather have the number one edge. Yeah, that's not a debate. So it would take me a little bit longer mm-hmm. to get to to get to the wide receiver, unless okay. it was you know, Jerry Rice. But those are all timers. Yeah, I'm just that's one thing we like you said we do share a brain a lot. But uh, over the past few years, I've come around on the true number one wide receiver or playmaker uh, over a number one offensive lineman. But uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, Gatorade Gaming says, was that an H-I-M-Y-M reference, Scott? If it was, it was accidental. I don't know what that means. How I Met Your Mother? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember which one, but yeah, it might have been. I've, I've seen that a lot. I, I, I really enjoyed that show, How I Met yeah. Your Mother, yeah. I, if it it might have been. It wasn't, yep. uh, it wasn't, I don't remember making one on purpose, though, but those those kind of sneak in every every so often. Marco Z says, late here for the live show. Well, glad to have you. We're actually at our highest number of viewership right now at 51 minutes. So the, the viewership tends to climb as we move along. We thank you all for being here today. Um, we got about 10 minutes left in the show. Um, we've hit on a lot of the things I have wanted to hit on, I guess, except the game. The game's still a couple days away. We've been talking so much about trying to fix this team and how patient should you be, et cetera, et cetera. What can be done? Because frankly, that's the road you're on right now where you will have a new quarterback in 2024 unless Ritter starts playing better. Um, and Justin Fields will likely be available. Everybody's available for a price. Justin Fields. So we, we spent a lot of time talking about that, but what about this game? I am impressed with CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans, and the Houston Texans defense. And I know one of our colleagues uh, in this space hates screenplays. That's because he covers the Denver Broncos. I want you to watch the first half of the Houston Texans and tell me again you hate screenplays. Yeah, I mean, they're humming right now. We already gave a shout-out to their offensive coordinator and uh, Bobby Slowick, who was the pass game coordinator and quarterback coach for the 49ers for a number of years. Um, now coming over with uh, D'Amico Ryans, who's doing a hell of a job. Um, you know, he was always considered a super up-and-comer um, for the uh, coaching circle here. And uh, what a meteoric rise from the former great Alabama uh, linebacker. I mean, Scott, we talked about him a lot as a recruit um, coming up, just like how much people loved the the football character and the, the work ethic with D'Amico Ryans not being the biggest guy. And he just goes and succeeds everywhere. Uh really turning around that Texans team quickly, even though they don't have a first round pick next year, we were mimic mocking or questioning the Will Anderson trade. He's been unbelievable uh, to start his career in Houston as well. So it'll be really interesting. Uh, Nico Collins has been lighting it up this year as well as uh, Anthony Evans says, former Michigan talented wide receiver, high recruit. And uh, one of your favorites in the last draft, even though he was diminutive uh, tank Dell has been interesting as well out there in Houston. So it's a fun team. Um, I don't know what the spread is right now. This feels like totally a toss-up game that I'm going to be avoiding. Uh, maybe it's because I still am you know, rubbing my eyes and don't completely believe Houston just yet, uh, but should be a pretty interesting game and a, a benchmark game. If Atlanta is going where we want them to go uh, this season and we thought they were going to go, this is a type of team, even though they're playing well, that you should win. You should beat them if you're going to be a 9-win, 10-win team. Uh, but if you lose this game... The, the calls for Heineke are going to get louder and the, the seat for Arthur Smith is going to get that much hotter. It's down to two points, three and a half at the beginning of the week. It's down to two. That doesn't surprise me. And I opened up a new tab and it started an autoplay video. Apologies. Nope, your um, mic was going weird. <laughs> so based on the last two weeks, you know, one of them's 2-0 and with two good wins over the Jacksonville Jaguars that, that fairly well dominated the Falcons. And uh, over the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was another good AFC North team. The other one, games we expected them to lose on the road, but look bad doing it. We asked the question at the beginning of the year, can this become from a top 10 scoring offense and, and move up from there? Or they were 15, I'm sorry. They were 15th. I misspoke earlier. They were 15th, I believe, 
and three points at 21 to 24 would have gotten them into the top 10. Instead, they've gone backwards six points. They've gone from 21 to 15, five. Mm-hmm. That's not things that we were expecting at all. Um, right now, I mean, I have to go with the hotter hand right now. I, I think the, the, the Falcons should, can win this game. Um, they're not going to, the, the Texans aren't going to throw as many bodies at the running game. I think they're susceptible to being run at, um, but their offense, this, this, this is one of the better offense and maybe the best passing offense they have faced with a rookie quarterback. He's averaging 300 yards the last three games and he looks great doing it. And they're multiple and they move, they roll the pocket. They've got some backup offensive linemen that they're mobile. They've got two good running backs. The receivers are blocking their asses off. This is a dangerous team, y'all. This is a big game, uh, a big game for the Falcons. And right now, I don't feel good about it. I'm a cynic, but I, I, Houston's playing better right now. So we'll see. The Atlanta home crowd is going to make a difference in this game. How big a difference? Um, we will see. Real quick, going back to uh, Kyle Pitts, real quick. Brandon says they should move Pitts to wide out and have Smith, um, John o. Smith, be our tight end. And then uh, let's see. And, and Jordan agrees. He says Pitt should definitely be put in next. You know who the leading receiver for this team is right now, Nick? Uh, is it going to be Johnu Smith or something? It's Johnu Smith at tight end. <laughs> Not great. All right, everybody. I'm going to give you a pause on this. How? What percentage of snaps is Kyle Pitts taking at tight end in 2023? What percentage? I'll go. Is this true in line? Is that what yes. I just wanted to make sure? Okay. A, a true 30. tight end. A tight end. 30, 30%. 20.3. Okay. 20.3. His others are out wide or in the slot. In what are other those? words, a wide receiver. What can you tell me what the splits are for wide versus slot? Yeah. If you uh, still have that. It is it's in the slot, it's 84 and it's 57 yep. out wide in the X. So Brandon, they should move Pitts to wide out and have Smith be a tight end. They already did that. They've done it. And that's the thing that concerns me. And this is where I said I've started to get OJ Howard vibes. Is he, can he get separation enough to be a wide receiver? You can work him in the slot, but can he get enough separation? I know he's six foot six and has a wingspan of a pterodactyl. He should have separation, but those are still contested throws in there if you're not getting any separation. And you're having to worry about, you know, securing the catch and throwing the ball into traffic and all of those things that can go wrong. If you're playing Kyle Pitts at wideout and he's not able to get away from a cornerback, a six, one corner that can, that can stick with him. He has been moved to wide receiver. And frankly, he's played wide receivers three years in Atlanta because about 70% of his snaps have been at wideout, whether mm-hmm. it's in the slot or whether it's in uh, out, literally out wide makes me nervous. Yeah. He's making me nervous. I I would I would entertain I would entertain thoughts to trade Kyle Pitts. I would listen. I would absolutely listen. Yep. And uh, just a little bit of uh, NFL news before we get on out of here. There's been a trade. Uh, we have uh, Ian Rappaport reporting first that uh, former Patriots cornerback is heading back to England. Uh, Chargers are trading cornerback J.C. Jackson to the Patriots with a late pick swap. So J.C. Jackson signed a big contract in the 2022 offseason, and he's been dreadful for the Chargers, and now he's heading back to New England to be paired up with a guy that we both adored in the draft who's playing unbelievable football right now, Scott. Christian Gonzalez has been awesome for the Patriots, so uh, Patriots get a little bit more out there. That's a good defense out there in New England. Yeah, and Christian Gonzalez is one of the guys that was mopped to Atlanta a lot. I said there's, what I say, there were three guys, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on as far as who might I have taken if it wasn't for Bajan Robinson. I'm not going to play hindsight draft and say, well, should have taken Micah Parsons. No one was considering Micah Parsons at four. That was a That's a hindsight draft. That doesn't count. In a redraft, you can do that. But saying, oh, we could have had this. No, no, no. There's three guys on defense that we were absolutely all over as possible picks for the Falcons today. It was Jalen Carter. It was Lucas Van Ness at edge, and it was Christian Gonzalez. I'm keeping an eye on those three relative to Bajon Robinson's career. Bajon Robinson, good pick. You're not. You're. That was for me the most justifiable of the three first round draft picks. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, on the heels of that Patriots trade news, we have Christian Gonzalez news. 
likely to miss the rest of the season with a torn labrum from a dislocated shoulder that he suffered on Sunday. So real bummer uh, on that one, but uh, he'll be back. He was playing. I mean, Ian Rapport says uh, leading candidate for defensive rookie of the year behind uh, Will Anderson. So he was playing great football. That's too bad. Uh, Eric Max says Houston got the first. And that's, that is too bad for Christian. He was playing great. Um, mm. Hopefully he gets healthy and comes back uh, and, and plays really well. Uh, short season for him, but he'll be back. And uh, mm. he's, he's proved he belongs in this league. It was a good pick for the for the Patriots. Um, Eric Max says Houston got the real number one pick. There might be an argument for that. There might be an argument up in Indianapolis right now for that mm-hmm. spot. But both C.J. Stroud and... Um, Anthony Richardson are significantly outplaying Bryce Young early in this in the early on. We'll see how that goes, uh, but I think C.J. Stroud and a- Anthony Richardson are significantly farther ahead than we expected at this point. I was worried for C.J. Stroud's life, honestly. I was like, he's he's going to the worst situation with Houston. Wrong. C.J. Stroud and Houston are are looking really good right now. Yeah, and Anthony Richardson has been. Unbelievable. I mean, shout out to Shane Steichen. Some of the red zone packages that they've implemented in India have been awesome. Um, and uh, he is, he's hunting for big plays, a big play machine. It's a lot of fun to watch Richardson out there. I mean, I'm, if you remember Scott, I made a lot of uh, calls to say like, I might take Richardson number one overall. And that's just because mm-hmm. I have a, you know, some guys like blondes, some guys are butt guys over, you know, <laughs> other things. I like big athletic quarterbacks with huge I arms. Like six, four, 250 pound quarterbacks that can run a four, four. With a blazing, incredible arm. Yes. Oh, <laughs> swooning. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out a yeah. lot. I mean, we're four games in. Um, yeah, I again, saw, the sample size. Yep, sample size. I mean, one of the best early uh, quarterback stats ever. I saw it on Twitter the other day. I cannot remember who I saw it from. Um, but Carson Wentz was unbelievable his first four games, statistically speaking. And we see we saw how that turned out. So we just want to yeah. see the broader sample size, what it looks like. Yeah, the early returns right now are really good for the Colts and the Texans. Um, right now, you know, you you feel like the only one that would might 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 be in that conversation as far as possible number one might be Jalen Carter, uh, mm-hmm. as far as top three goes. But we will see. On that note, we are going to get out of here. We've had a blast. Lots of people watching today. Thank you so much. Just a reminder. If this is your first time watching, or even if it's not, you haven't already hit the like on Facebook for the for the page or the subscribe on uh, on YouTube, please do. It helps us out a lot. Make sure you're leaving comments for us. Uh, I, I keep up with those better on YouTube. They make it a little bit easier than on Facebook, but I, I check them both. And as many of you know that are watching, I will come back and have the conversation and a- answer questions, fix anything I might have screwed up uh, or or. Uh, which is a lot. I usually make three or four mistakes when we're doing this live, uh, my memory giving out on me. So please leave a comment. We get a lot of views after the fact because it's a morning show. So we know you're out there watching. Leave a comment. Say hey. Say hello in the mentions. Uh, On that note, Nick and I are going to get out of here. We will be back talking Broncos and Jets tomorrow morning at 9.35 on Mile High Huddle, youtube.com slash Mile High Huddle. And then we will be back right here on these channels at 9 a.m. Friday to talk the weekend at large. We'll hit on some Falcons. We'll hit on some Broncos. We'll hit on some of the the big games coming up. We'll talk a little bit of Thursday night football. So thank you, everybody, for being here. I want to say a special thanks to Rusty for coming in with a super chat. It means a lot. It's a huge help to our channel, to our show, and all the things that we love to do to talk football, which is a lot of fun. Nick, any last words? And we're going to go. Uh, no last words. Uh, looks like it's going to be a great week out here in the uh, beautiful Pacific Northwest. Hopefully going to get out there and do some stuff and uh, enjoy it. And heck, man, it's football season. We're right in the middle of it here. I, uh, I'm i super excited for, I mean, we didn't even talk any college ball today, but I mean, who is going to be, who's going to be the playoff teams? I cannot wait for the, the upcoming uh, release of the college football playoff rankings. And there are just so many deserving teams. I'm really almost just sad that we don't get the 12 team playoff this year, because there's going to be some teams that deserve it that are going to be left out. Uh, I, did, uh, I don't even know who the playoffs, the easier it is to justify who should be in it. Yeah. But this year I feel like our teams like it's October 4th, let the yeah, season we play out and let them beat each other. That's what the regular season used to be for was to eliminate those teams. But Scott, a counterpoint money. <laughs> <laughs> you win, you win, of course, money. And, 
Oh, I, I don't know. I, I used to like the 11 and 0, but we won't get into playoffs. That's long gone. That's ancient history of uh, me sitting down and watching Texas play Ohio State on September 1st, knowing that was a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I don't do it anymore because it doesn't matter. Uh, on that note, we are going to get out of here. Thank you so much. Falcons fans, you can make a difference in this game. This is an incredibly important game. That's my final thoughts. This is a swing game for this team. I could be proven wrong. They could lose and still go 12-3. and three. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very important game, the most important game on the schedule so far, maybe the most important game of the, next, of the first half of this season. Home game, Falcons fans, as Anthony Evans says, Rise up. Gabriel says, rise up. Y'all take care of your business. See if the Falcons can take care of theirs. On that note, thanks for being here, everybody. We've had a blast. Peace.